0: Our Old Testament lesson is coming from the book of Ruth, and before I get into the reading, I need to talk about it a little bit just to set it in some context, and then I'll read it and then have some closing comments at the end. Uh, and Ruth is, uh, of course, it's coming out of the Old Testament here uh, and taking place uh, during the time of the judges. This is after the Hebrew people have Uh, left slavery in Egypt, they've had their time in the wilderness, come into the promised land uh, for a couple hundred years, uh, trying to kind of set up uh, a system of uh, governance and be a people there. So they haven't created the country of Israel yet, they're more a a confederation of the 12 tribes at this point. So Ruth, the book, Uh, it's a story of some people, but I think the overarching theme of the book of Ruth, and maybe reason it's in the Bible, it has this overarching theme of the power of hospitality. The power of hospitality. Uh, And a parable against uh, that abusive power of ideologies of division, separation, or the abusive power of ideologies of purity that say, you know, we are this special people, don't associate with anyone, or we have these rules and regulations, and those rules and regulations are more important than the needs of any one individual. Uh, It's a parable against uh, thinking that way of uh, purity at the expense of the community, or doctrine or law at the expense of the needs of, of an individual. Uh, And there is in in this book of Ruth this kind of constant violation of God's laws that had been given uh, to Moses just 150, 200 years before. This is violating of uh, God's law because of people putting other people above the law or putting other people's needs first before uh, the law or the social norms, above the need for purity. And through those violations, through those violations, the book of Ruth ends with the creation of a servant of God. It's a bit of a surprise ending at the end of Ruth. So it's a bit of paradox. God gives the law, and then here right away is a story of some people who kind of keep going against it, and yet... Uh, This incredible good comes out of it. So it's a story that, you know, the law should serve the people uh, but not oppress them. You know, I I could imagine God giving the law to Moses. This is a a brand new kind of people and saying, here, you're going to need something to help you arrange your society, to arrange your culture, to give you some, you know, some, some idea of how to be in relationship with one another. But don't be too literal about this. You know, don't let this lead to the destruction of some people. Don't, you know, don't get so tied into the law that you're not willing to break it when, when you need to. So Ruth, uh, this book of Ruth uh, tells a story. And like the Christmas story, uh, the book of Ruth begins in Bethlehem. And like the Christmas story, it quickly leads uh, somewhere else. To foreign lands. And so we begin in Bethlehem at the beginning of Ruth. We have Naomi, uh, who's one of the main characters, her husband Elimelech, and two sons, uh, Kilion and Malone, are in Bethlehem, but that area is suffering from famine. Kind of ironic. Bethlehem means house of bread. So the house of bread has no bread. And so uh, they need to escape. The famine, and they escape by moving over to Moab. Now, if you remember, uh, if you kind of picture the Dead Sea as you would see it, right, it's kind of this big uh, ellipse and Mediterranean Sea here. So modern-day Israel will be here, Bethlehem kind of up at the top. Moab is this country off to the east that borders the east part of the Dead Sea. So it was a pretty quick, easy move for them to head over into uh, into Moab. But Moab was home of the enemy. That was one of the enemy countries. Uh, these are people that the Hebrew people were not supposed to associate with. But they go there anyway. They, kind of, they violate the law. They go there, and when they're in Moab, the people of Moab welcome Naomi's family, which they also really should not have done uh, to an enemy, to these people who are uh, you know, considered, in one way or another, unclean. But there's this constant hospitality in here and loving-kindness. In Hebrew, there's the word hesed that means loving-kindness, mercy, compassion. It's the highest level of showing love and wanting only the best and only good for other people. Usually in the Old Testament, uh, this is attributed to God. But sometimes it's also attributed to people. And in, in the book of Ruth... Uh, it's attributed only to people god is sort of invisible in the text but working behind the scenes here uh, and so people get uh, are called uh, um, people are referenced as showing hesed this loving kindness to one another and of all the good things that a person can be called to be called a person of hesed is really at the top that means you are just so loving kind open uh, that it's practically divine the way that you relate to people. And so the people of Moab accept Naomi's family contrary to their laws. Naomi's sons marry Moabite women, which is a violation of God's law. You can't marry a foreign woman, and they probably weren't supposed to marry her sons. But they do. uh, They marry Orpah and Ruth. And so now Ruth shows up in the story. uh, It's a very uh, untraditional marriage, I guess we could call it. Uh, And there's very little of traditional marriage in this story. There's a lot of untraditional kind of marriage. And and they live there in Moab, and everything goes fine for a few years until Naomi's husband dies, and then her sons die. And so there are three widows left alone. There are no grandchildren for Naomi. Uh, It's now just Naomi, this Hebrew woman, and her Moabite, daughters-in-law, all widows. And Naomi hears that the famine in her land is done, and she has nothing holding her in Moab anymore, so she decides to go back to be with her people. And she tells Orpah and Ruth, she says, you don't have to go with me. You're in your land with your people. Don't follow me. Stay here. Be happy. Do whatever you need to do. And Orpah decides to stay, but Ruth says to Naomi, Wherever you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And so they go to Naomi's kinsman, Boaz, who was rich, in the hopes that he might offer them some kind of help. Widows had it rough uh, back in the day, uh, and they don't necessarily have it a whole lot better now, but it certainly was rough for widows back then. And Boaz treats them way better than he needs to. He shows them hesed, this loving kindness. And Ruth treats Naomi with hesed, And so Naomi decides it's time to play matchmaker and find a husband for Ruth. And so we get into our text. Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, I need to seek some security for you so that it may be well with you. Now here is our kinsman Boaz with whose young woman, women you have been working. And see, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Now wash and anoint yourself and put on your best clothes and go down to the threshing floor. There's something of seduction going on here. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. And when he lies down... Observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. Uh, Feet probably is a euphemism here. And he will tell you what to do. And she said to her, all that you tell me, I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had instructed her. When Boaz had eaten and drunk and he was in a contented mood, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came stealthily and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over, and there lying at his feet was a woman. He said, "'Who are you?' And she answered, "'I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your cloak over your servant, for you are next of kin.' And he said, "'May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. This last instance of your loyalty is better than the first.' You have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not be afraid. I will do for you all that you ask, for all the assembly of my people know that you are a worthy woman. But now, though it is true that I am a near kinsman, there is another kinsman more closely related than I. Remain this night, and in the morning, if he will act as next of kin for you, good. Let him do it. If he is not willing to act as next of kin for you, then as the Lord lives, I will act as next of kin for you. Lie down until the morning. No sooner had Boaz gone up to the gate and sat down there, this is at the gate of the city where a lot of legal proceedings would take place and people would discuss matters of the the day. No sooner had Boaz gone up to the gate and sat down there than the next of kin of whom Boaz had spoken came passing by. And so Boaz said, come over, friend, sit down here. And he went over and sat down. Then Boaz took ten men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. And so they sat down. He then said to the next of kin, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our kinsman Elimelech. That was Naomi's husband. So I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it in the presence of those sitting here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not, tell me so that I may know. For there is no one prior to you to redeem it, and I come after you. So he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, Now the day that you acquire the field from the hand of Naomi you are also acquiring Ruth the Moabite, the widow of the dead man, to maintain the dead man's name on his inheritance. Marriage was often property exchange uh, in ancient Israel. And so at this, the next of kin said, well, I cannot redeem it for myself without damaging my own inheritance. So take my right of redemption yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Now, this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm a transaction, the one took off a sandal and gave it to the other. This was the matter of attesting in Israel. So when the next of kin said to Boaz, Acquire it for yourself, he took off his sandal. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. When they came together, the Lord made her conceive, and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without next of kin, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age, for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom and became his nurse. The women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse, the father of David. Obed means servant of God. So, when I said before, this hospitality leads to the creation of a servant of God, Obed. Obed showing hospitality in defiance of God's law. On numerous occasions, in defiance of social norms, sometimes creates a servant of God. They allow the line of Elimelech to continue after the death of his sons. Ruth's loyalty to Naomi also gives Naomi a place in the society. Ruth's loyalty uh, to Naomi and Ruth's act gives Naomi Dignity and favor among the women. And remember, Ruth is the outsider here. She's the Moabite. So Ruth, who is this, this unclean, hated Moabite woman, an immigrant, an outsider, a foreigner, although she had been married to a Hebrew, still a Moabite, she becomes grandmother to David, the greatest of all of Israel's kings. And as grandmother of David, she also becomes the the great, great many times grandmother of Jesus. And so Jesus has the blood of foreigners in his veins. History's course is changed by two women, two widows. And they change it by sticking together through loyalty, through love, through that hesed, through that loving kindness toward one another and by going against expectations and by taking risks. They show women power. The power of women. Uh, To a patriarchal society, they say no to everything that would try to divide or separate or keep them down. You know, I wonder if... uh, Story out of Mark about the widow putting the, the two coins in the treasury. And I wonder if maybe her act wasn't just an act of generosity, but if this was a, a womanish defiance of the patriarchy of these uh, priests that were oppressing the poor, as though to say, you want everything I have? Is that enough for you? Here, have everything I have. It's radical hospitality that's shown in this book, and one of the five signs of a thriving church that we've talked about in the past year that the group of us did earlier. One of those signs is radical hospitality. How do you welcome people? How do you show love to people? How do you integrate people into the community? How do you make the community open to others? And not just in, in the church, but outside the walls. How In your daily life, how are you showing hospitality to people? We can ask, who are the Moabites of today? The homeless? The mentally ill? Immigrants? Foreigners? Muslims? Who are the people that are treated like the Moabites had been treated? You know, the love that these women showed for one another and for the people around him, for the, that environment of hospitality that they made around them, their willingness to care about people more than about the rules or the regulations or the law or what they're supposed to do. Their willingness to do all of that resulted in creating a servant of God, Obed. But we can also take it to to say a servant of God. That's just the environment that's still required. Servants are created in the incubator of community. And community is created through Hesed, through loving kindness. And so one never knows. You never know. The people that we show hospitality to, that we show Hesed to, not only might they be angels in disguise, but they might be the grandmothers of kings or the grandmothers of messiahs. And this Hesed in that community of Hesed, of loving kindness, we will conceive servants of God. That's the power that we hold in our hands. We have that power. Amen.